It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. And that journey is certainly about to begin, although sadly tonight, without my co-host riding riding next to me, uh, Chuck is off for the night, but we are lucky because Bob Fountain has agreed to sit in for Chuck. Hey, Bob. Hey, Karen. Uh, uh, what can I say? I'm ready. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm retired, so I have my retirement routine. I go to bed at 3. I got up at noon today, and by the time I had my coffee, it was 1 o'clock, so I'm I'm ready to go. You're, so, so what do you do between like one o'clock and now? The honeydew list. Oh, that's, oh, that's the bane of every retirement, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, I want That's what I wanted to say. That any of those men out here that's listening, don't tell your wife when you're retiring because that's when the list starts. I told her <laughs> a year ahead of time, so the list was like five pages long. So, have you gotten through the initial honeydew list yet? No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have some massive lists here. I mean, I repair my pond, redo a bridge, build about five pieces of furniture. Just cool. Well, if you ever get through your wife's honeydew list, my husband is not retired, so you fly on out here, and I've got a big list too. Oh, I don't get on planes. Uh, yeah. well, you drive out here. The only way I get on a plane is well, I wouldn't because they'd probably take me off first. Alcohol has to be involved. I was on three planes in a row that almost crashed a week apart. Oh, my goodness. Seriously? Yeah. One, actually, uh, the third plane I was on, we was over Lake Michigan. I was in the Navy in Chicago, and we hit a huge air pocket. The plane actually went sideways, people falling out of their chairs, the overhead compartments, there's blood screaming. And after that, I decided never on a plane again. So was was that a military... Was that a military transport or was that a civilian transport? That was Delta going out of O'Hare Airport. Okay. I've flown out of O'Hare before. Maybe not again. Yeah, it wasn't any fun. (laughs) No, it doesn't sound well. Thank goodness you're still here and you're with us this evening. So, Bob, um, I know you've been on the show before as a guest, but why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Bob and Spectral Tech? Oh, you had questions for me. Darn. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, just to kill some time, right? Yeah. Well, no, Spectral just so people aren't saying who who the heck is Bob Fountain, see? Yeah, well, my wife says that sometimes. But <laughs> Spectral Tech, basically, uh, <laughs> we started about two years ago. It, I was with another group that it, it didn't, it wasn't a good fit, so... I just kind of drifted around a bit, and we met our our new team, our current team members, and we started getting involved with uh, uh, the paranormal investigations big time. And the more we got involved with it, the more I got past the uh, nuts and bolts of the investigations. You know, the stuff that everybody does. Go yeah. in, uh, do your equipment, do the review. It, what, what got me more was the philosophical, you know, what – did you really get out of the investigation? Did you learn something? Uh-huh. And uh, that's what I started doing. I, I started trying to write more about it, you know, thinking, what what are we doing this for? Because it, it's obviously it's not cheap. 
But no. Um, yes. But we have a website. But uh, well, what is it? Anyhow, Bob? what's the website? What is? Well, well, you're making it easy for everybody. <laughs> well, that's it's, my job here as 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 host at Paranormal you are, Radio in the Dark. It's called SpectralTech.org. There you go. So check out Bob's website, and uh, Bob has been studying. Sorry, I'm having trouble talking tonight. He has been studiously coming up with questions for our guest. Isn't that right, Bob? Yeah, I try to break him. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight, oh, our Tonight our guest is going to be Rob Henry, and Rob's a great guy. I've been on his show, and um, we're excited he's coming on here. He is the founder of the original West Virginia Paranormal, and he is also host of Living Paranormal Radio. So we'll have Bob on here soon. But in the meantime, you know, even though Chuck wasn't here, Bob on. We'll have Rob on. Rob and Bob. Cheryl, I'm screwed. (laughs) With Rob and Bob, I'm going to mix everybody up. At least I'm Karen. (laughs) <laughs> or, or, or K-Fraz, wasn't that what K-Fraz, you said? K-Fraz, that's right. That never stuck, you- and you know, it's okay. I'm just really not that um, cool. <laughs> I guess. But, uh, um, yeah, I, was, I was surprised that Cheryl contacted me. because, Well, well you know what it is, is, is way back in the day when I was in high school, yeah. I would take a lower grade just because I wouldn't have to get up and speak before a bunch of people. I was that terrified of talking. Uh, well, you're I, doing fact, fine. I, I try. Well, I, I went from that to where I was a, a commencement speaker to graduation, and I, I do instruction for a disaster response. So I have to talk to a lot of people all the time. So, so you outgrew it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Plus, we're pretty casual here. You know, it's, go ahead. Yeah, that's what I, was, I told Cheryl, I was talking to her before yesterday, I said, you know, I got some big shoes to fill here with Chucky e. G being gone. And she, she's trying to reassure me. I said, well, no, it's not that. I said, I've seen pictures of Chucky's feet. They're huge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Bob, I understand that you enjoy Chuck's news of the strange and the odd so much that we decided we're doing it even though Chuck's not here. So, Cheryl, you have an intro for us? When the world gets weird and things don't make any sense, it's news of the strange and the odd. All right, Bob, you get the first shot at a story tonight. Okay, that'll work. And we're doing this in honor of Chucky until he yeah. gets back. That's right. Okay, how about this one? Girl gets massive worm removed from inside her upper lip. And it's a recent viral video shows a doctor removing a worm from inside a girl's upper lip, and it's just as gross as it sounds. Oh. In the clip, the girl lies in a chair with a massively swollen lip while a doctor tediously attempts to pull something out. As he is able to yank more of the object out, it immediately clears that it's a worm inside of her lip. After a lot of wiggling and tugging, the doctor finally removes the worm from the girl's lip. And it's shocking to see how big it is. From the video, it looks like it's about eight inches long. It says that the worm was a result of a bot fly, and I think they're pretty much in South America. But they lay eggs inside the woman's lips. Bot flies reportedly like to make their homes under the skin, lay eggs. The eggs eventually hatch, and maggots start to develop, eating everything around them. So that's not a pretty weird thing. That's just really, really, yeah. 
Gross. Well, I did have another weird thing. Cheryl you, invited me to be a co-host. <laughs> well, that is part of the news of the strange and the odd. So Cheryl has chucked in the one about the uh, giant octopus eating the man who was swept out to sea. I have not heard that one, please. Oh, excellent. Continue. So this was actually, this is from um, March 9th. So it's it's a little bit old. So sorry if you've heard it already. And the headline is, did a giant octopus eat a man swept out? See, this is from unexplainedmysteries.com. Richard Shaw Burke had disappeared without a trace until scraps of his shirt turned up inside an octopus. Burke had been out fishing for crawfish in the apparently calm waters along the west coast of Tasmania when a sudden wave knocked him off his boat and swept him out to sea. A search party was soon organized, and while rescuers spent several days scouring the coastline for any sign of him, he was eventually declared lost. No trace of him could be found anywhere, and his body was never recorded recovered 12 months later two young men had been fishing in the same region they caught something large in their nets they initially believed it was an eel but discovered that it was a huge octopus the largest that they'd ever seen in the area it was over 12 feet long three feet across and it was later cut open and a large piece of piece of cloth was discovered inside of its stomach it turned out to be a perfect match for the shirt that richard shaw burke had been wearing when he disappeared 12 months earlier so what do you think was he eaten by an octopus or did his shirt rip off of him somehow and uh the octopus just got a hold of it you know last last week's guest does the uh underwater paranormal investigations yeah maybe he's gonna do him at some point <laughs> i mean who would you want it's not like you're going to go back to a house or something. Yeah. So is it going to hunt the octopus? I, I don't know. Um, and then I actually have another one, too, from uh, Unexplained Mysteries, which I just love them. Um, now I lost it. Oh, here it is. Okay, and this is from my corner of the world. Boeing is developing Star Wars force fields. That's right. The aerospace giant has been granted a patent for a way to shield against explosion shockwaves. Uh, Boeing has succeeded in patent, patenting a concept for a new type of force field that would look that wouldn't look out of place in a Star Wars movie. Designed to protect a target from the damaging effects of a shockwave from a nearby explosion, the f- sophisticated new system, which is capable of automatically sensing when it needs to activate, works by producing a plasma field in front of the target using a combination of lasers, electricity, and microwaves. By producing a localized region that differs from the surrounding environment, the force field acts as a buffer that effectively stops the shockwave from reaching and damaging the target. It isn't clear when, if at all, the system will ever see actual use on the battlefield, but if it does, then its most likely role will be to protect Humvee and other lightly armored vehicles during combat. So how cool is that? It's pretty... Well, they keep on doing that, and eventually we're all going to be spirits because man has a tendency, whatever he develops, he uses to wipe us out. <laughs> well, I was thinking that what you need actually are like for, they they need like little personal systems that can just surround a person. Yeah, I, I, I don't think uh, the white light of the divine, you know, we use to protect ourselves from spirits is going to work with a Star Wars device. <laughs> no, Jim, I think Jim is trying to signal to me that if, if it was to sur- to surround a person, it would explode the person. Is it's that not what- a, It's not a force field. It's a counter-explosion. That def- it- oh, it's a counter-explosion. It's not an actual force field. They already do it with explosives. That's a, that's a bummer. But Boeing's is electronic. Yeah. Yeah, see, oh, it's Techie McScience Geek. Life with Techie McScience Geek, and uh, we learn these things. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm high tech to some point, 
Uh, in fact, that's what I'm going to ask our guest tonight a couple times, uh, some of the uh, equipment that they might or might not use. And, in fact, some of the stuff I was going to ask tonight got answered with the last uh, guest. Yeah, it's okay. You can ask it again anyway. It's it's all good. You shouldn't have used up all your questions for Rick's guest. I mean, that's that's you know, that's not the way well, things work here, Bob. Well, at, at three in the morning, uh, my looking up questions are getting kind of thin. But uh, okay. I, I do I watch a lot of B movies on Sci Fi Channel. Oh, the Sci Fi original movies. Oh yeah, those are really good. <laughs> <laughs> like Sharknado and. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, I, I just recently went to Walmart and found one of these uh, these getting 12 movies for $5, and they're all like movies from the 1960s when when they wow. had like uh, ping pong ball eyes and, and rubber suits on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are those are great, too. So, well, my, my son is currently obsessed with a movie that is called, that it came out in 2014. I'm guessing it was probably not released in theaters. And it sounds right up your alley, Bob. It's called Zombievers. Oh, my God. There's it, a good show on now called I Zombie that just came out on, uh, I think it's UPN, where the, the girl is actually a uh, forensic scientist and, and she works in a morgue and she helps solve crimes by eating the brains of the victims. God, yeah, Cheryl, I, that's Cheryl's worst nightmare. <laughs> well, oh, I, 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 I pretty much try to eat before I watch the show. Yeah, I, I think I would too. Well, the Zombievers, the uh, on IMDb, the description is a fun weekend turns into madness and horror for a bunch of groupies looking for fun in a beaver-infested swamp. Come on, now that's classic television right there, right? Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably watch it. I like some of the newer movies out, and I've got a little more special effects. Oh well, this is I'm, 2014, so you know it should have some it should have some uh, at least sci-fi worthy special effects, right? Well, one of my favorites is Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't think I was going to like that, but I've watched it like nine times so far. I have never seen it, but I'm not a movie person, so. I don't know. This Zombievers looks pretty. It's an action-packed horror. Oh, it is partially comedy. Okay, horror comedy. It's like that Black Sheep movie. How, how could it not be? <laughs> Anything with zombies in. In fact, when my kids were young, uh, they'd be terrified at the scary movies. I said, well, the trick is, don't think about the scary part. Figure out right up front which ones of the cast is going to get killed first. And then just, we made it a game. Oh, so so in Star Trek movies, it's pretty easy to figure out then it's the dude in the red shirt. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so, hey, I think I have one more um, one more news of the odd. I know we're sort of meandering, but that's because we're not as focused as Chuck. So this one yeah. is Utah Town Goes... I just actually, what I, I've got to tell you, I like the headline. Utah Town Goes Nuts Over Bull Statue's Genitalia. Isn't that a good headline? It's in Hurricane, Utah. It's from the Huffington Post. Uh, it's usually a peaceful place, but the giant genitalia of a bull statue atop a local restaurant has pricked the calm, envi <laughs> the calm environment of this normally serene city. A ballsy bust of a bull with a massive penis was erected on top of Barista's restaurant on March 14th, according to the St. George News. Since then, the copper statue has aroused controversy. Like, this is this is the kind of article that every writer dreams of getting 
a sign, in part due to its location across the street from a local high school. It looks terrible, Denise Mackleprang told the St. George News. I could see the bull, but not the details of the sex. It's R-rated to me, especially with young school kids seeing it and talking about it. At least 600 of Hurricane's 14,576 residents have signed a petition demanding that the Hurricane City Council refuse the business license renewal. Locals have raised such a cow <laughs> over the bull statue that one man allegedly came to baristas and insulted an employee, according to Fox13now.com. Hurricane City Police Chief Brandon Buell told KCSGTV that a citation for misdemeanor assault, criminal mischief, and disorderly conduct was issued to an unnamed suspect described as a male in his 40s. Barista's owner, Stephen Ward, said he refuses to back down and is planning to sue the city for, among other things, refusing to upgrade his limited license. They hate me, and all I've done is bring this town movie stars and quality and class, and there's been a conspiracy from the mayor to the police station to the council to all the haters in this town to disrupt, destroy, and cause harm and disrespect my business, Ward said. It couldn't be the massive bull penis. (laughs) City manager Clark Fawcett said the uproar over the Copper Bowl has officials evaluating whether it should be modified fighter removed. Fawcett told St. George Daily Spectrum that even though the statue was approved by Hurricane's planning department, the dimensions of certain parts of the animal don't seem to be built the same way as the in the plan that came to us. <laughs> Ward disagrees vehemently. The reason they don't like the bull is because they know it's beautiful and amazing and it's going to get me even more business, which it already has, Ward told the paper. It has nothing to do with the genitalia. If you drive around the Laverkin area, there's a business with a horse's weenie hanging out that's 15 inches long. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say anything about that. It's not the bull. It's me. <laughs> okay. You crossed the line I wasn't going to. So I, I, I might have to bring up this other one then. Man okay. has testicles stolen in sauna. Uh <laughs> A news report says Dmitry Nikolev, a Russian soap opera actor, met the mysterious woman at the Moscow bar. After drinking and kissing, she invited him to the sauna. There, according to police, they kissed and drank more before Nikola passed out. So alcohol was involved. When he woke up the next morning at a bus stop, his groin was in agony and his trousers were covered in blood. Well, doctors said he was drugged, his testicles removed by an expert. It was a clean cut, and he was cauterized and everything. They said the police have not yet been able to locate the woman he met, but said that she was probably a member of a gang that sells human organs on the black market. Now. Uh, I Wait, so t- they sell testicles on the black market? Yeah. Why would you not be able to spot the woman? She looks like Lorena Bobbitt. <laughs> When testicles, can you have a testicle transplant? I don't know. I don't plan on it. <laughs> I didn't mean you specifically. Yeah, because I've been married. They've been gone long ago. <laughs> well, they have those, you know, for, for pets. They have pets with low self-esteem. They have the little fake testicles that you can give them that are the nudicles. They're called nudicles. Yeah, but how would you advertise that? The nudicles? You know, got a, got a set. Uh, no, uh, how would you advertise these that there was, you know, is a selling point he was a soap opera star? I guess it's good for the plot, though, because, you know, when they say it's his child on the soap opera, he can say, no, it's not, and drop his drawers. <laughs> that is a really horrifying story. Um, so, guys, guard your privates. That's all we can say. Yes. And also, if nothing else, and I don't erect a bull statue with, ha, 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 erect <laughs> 
<laughs> that one maybe, wasn't even on purpose. Maybe we need to get on with the show. <laughs> oh, I think so. So let's do this. Uh, let's go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking to Rob Henry. You are listening to Karen Frazier and Bob Fountain here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's me, Chucky G, and I'm here with Karen Fraser. We'd like to invite you to join us on Hazy Radio every Thursday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific, 10 to midnight Eastern for Paranormal Underground Radio. In the dark with Karen Fraser and Chucky G. We'll be exploring the paranormal and featuring the latest in spiritual and metaphysical topics, as well as interviewing intriguing guests. So please join us every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern for two hours of exciting paranormal radio on hazyradio.com. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you too can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at AuthorKarenFraser.com. Babies, you got to just roll with that flow. Yeah, right into that great daylight as the sun arises right there in your heart. Starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time and running right into high noon, you've got the Coyote Medicine Show in the mornings with your host, Grandpa Peter Coyote, helping you take flight right into the heart, baby. That's right. you got to know. you got to get in the flow. The Coyote Medicine Show, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Life in the Universe with Madeline Rudy, discussing paranormal happenings in everyday life with psychics, healers, and intuitives from all over the world. Call in to receive healing energy and balancing. Learn how to create the most fulfilling life possible from healers, intuitives, and life coaches to help you move along your path in life. That's Life in the Universe every Tuesday and Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern only on the Hazy Radio Network. Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting in the forest. Uh-huh. One second I'm having a smoke. Next thing I know, I'm face-to-face with Smokey Bear. Wow. And he told me it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. Did you know nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans? I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous and you're not. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires.
this is Brian Larkin. You are listening to Chucky e. G and Karen Frazier, a paranormal underground radio in the dark on the Hey Z Radio Network. The hostesses with the most ghostesses. Yeah. Hey Z Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All, all shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark here on the Hazy Radio Network. I am Karen Frazier, and with me is my special guest co-host this evening, Bob Fountain. Bob. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, hey. So, I, I, be- Go ahead, Bob. I was going to say, I'm usually in the chat room, so this is this is a, a amazing thing. New and exciting, that's right. Talk with the, the, the hostesses with yeah. the mostesses, ghostesses, that's right. So um, the song that you were listening to at the break is called Can You Handle It? And it's by Carmen, and I, I'm just going to take a guess and say it's Beauté, B-E-A-U-T-A-Y, Beauté. Cheryl said I couldn't say it was Carmen Booty, so... You know, so hey, we have our guest on the line and I'm excited to talk to him tonight. We're going to be talking to Rob Henry. He's the founder of the original West Virginia Paranormal and the host of Living Paranormal Radio, which is a great radio show. Uh, Rob's journey into the world of paranormal began in 1985. I almost read that as 1895. That would make Rob very old. And at, <laughs> Rob says, at 15 years, I was awakened in the night and saw a boy standing at the foot of my bed. He then disappeared, knowing I was awake and starting to see activity around my home. I began re- researching the paranormal in depth. Over the next 20 years, Rob spent time in cemeteries, abandoned buildings, haunted forests, and other reportedly haunted locations. And now he's here with us. Rob Henry, welcome to the underground. Thank you guys very much for having me. It's it's an absolute honor to be here and uh, just looking forward to having a good time talking about the true passions of my life, which is, you know, the paranormal and anything that can't really be explained. Yeah. So let's start with that boy standing at the foot of your bed. Did you know who it was? I do now. Uh, okay. Several years later, uh, the spirit revealed itself to me by the name of Charlie. And uh, I'm happy to say almost 30 years later, Charlie still follows me from house to house. He is uh, more family than most people that I know at this point. And just when you know somebody that well, you know, it's um, he's been there right. since I was very young. I'm almost 45 now. I'll be 45 this year. And uh, yeah, coming up on 30 years of uh, 30 years of ghosts. Wow. Well, and I do get that. I understand that love that you have for the spirits that like are with you all the time. And it seem, it would seem weird if he wasn't there, wouldn't it? It would. And uh, there's been times when the activity has kind of uh, let up and it, it does feel like that you're missing someone in your in your home. It really feels like you're missing a family member. Yeah, definitely. Does, does the little boy, has he actually grown as well into like a teenager or is he still the same little boy? No, he's pretty much the same as he was then. It's almost like he's time locked. Um, you know, the thing about him is he's very mischievous. He likes to play pranks on us. Uh, he loves to hide things. When I was a, a you know an avid smoker, I couldn't keep a lighter more than two days. It would end up in, I mean, they would end up in light fixtures. They would end up, you know, inside of uh, you know coats that I haven't worn in two years. So, uh, you know, he was, he's just a little prankster. Remote controls are the same things. He's stolen light bulbs before actually out of the, the sockets themselves. Wow. So why, why you? Why is he attached <clears throat> to you, do you think? 
I wish I had a really, really good answer to that. I, I, I guess ego tells me because I'm a friendly person, but you know, <laughs> the truth of the matter is, is I, I really just think it was somebody finally paid attention and noticed him. And ever since yeah. then, we kind of had that, uh, almost a brotherhood or a friendship, that type of relationship. Yeah, I understand. You clicked. So, um, Haunted forests, Rob. Now, haunted forests fascinate me. The one that fascinates me is the one in Japan that's like where everybody goes to commit suicide. So what haunted forests have you been in? Um, the closest I've really come to something like that, I went to the battlefield out in Kentucky. It's um, uh, Prestonsburg area. And um, I, I'll be honest, and I know this is kind of crossing genres, but I'm not sure if we ran into just spiritual activity or quite possibly uh, a large, hairy creature known to inhabit the Appalachian Mountains. Really? Um, yeah, it was an interesting night. Now, I know we did have one paranormal experience. We saw a, uh, a yellow lantern traveling across the uh, the open field outside the edge of the woods. But when we got back into the tree lines, uh, there was a lot of activity that was very, very, um, I guess you'd call it con conducted with uh, evidence of a Bigfoot, which would be uh, things like a uh, trees being thrown, and you could hear uh, rattling and uh, guttural sounds coming mm -hmm. from, you know, over the hill where you cannot, you know, really see people. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm out here in Bigfoot Company in Bigfoot Country, and I have to tell you because I'm in Western Washington, and um, never ever had anything that I've seen or experienced that I thought was Bigfoot like. But I have a, a some audio that people have said, you know, that just may be Bigfoot. So it never occurred to me until after that that it may have been a, a, an actual Sasquatch of some form. Yeah. Um, but it was when I was talking to a buddy of mine, uh, Jody Cook. He's a, an expert in Bigfoot, especially in the Appalachian areas. And I mentioned to him what had happened as a, as a ghost, you know, paranormal phenomenon. And he's like, man, this sounds just exactly like the Sasquatch that are native to that area. And I was just like, oh, crap, this thing could have ripped me in half. You know, here I am chasing this thing through the woods, not realizing that I'm actually <laughs> going to grab a bull by his horns. You know, so. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Bob. In Middle Tennessee, in Middle Tennessee, they had, uh, a uh, gentleman that found his grandfather's diary, and way back in the late 1800s, he used to uh, winter up with the Indians, and he noticed them taking meat off into the woods. And uh, one day, they trusted him enough to go with them, and basically, they were feeding a family of Bigfoot living in caves around Nashville just to keep them from uh, eating them or the, their own livestock. So I think they're pretty much everywhere. What is the plural of Bigfoot? Is it Bigfoots, Big Feet, Bigfoot? I think it's just actually Bigfoot. It's it's uh, a word that's kind of like deer. It's both singular and plural in its origin, but okay. I'd have to actually ask Jody to be sure of that. But I've always heard him referred to as Bigfoot. Okay. Huh. Well, yeah, so do you have an interest then in the cryptozoology as well, or are you mainly a ghost guy? Mainly a ghost guy. I have dabbled a few times going to look for um, Mothman because I'm literally in the backyard of where the uh, the bridge disaster was when it was you know yeah. the sightings first happened in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. But uh, mostly, I actually stay on the spectral side of things. That's where I'm at my most comfortable. I I don't deal well with things that I don't understand their nature. And with most ghosts, spirits, um, that type of essences, I I got a pretty good idea how to handle them. So. Sure. Is there any place uh, you mentioned that you you have investigated cemeteries, old buildings? Is there any particular uh, investigation you like more than others? Like, if, 
businesses or abandoned buildings or whatever? Well, it really, uh, my favorite ones as a, as a person is when we can actually go into somebody's home and make a difference in their life. And that, you know, is fortunately for us, we've been blessed that we actually have a larger caseload than we have time. So you know, we're, we're one of those groups that actually stays relatively busy. I'm actually behind on getting some evidence taken care of for one of our clients. Um, because we've had a couple of emergency cases come up with small children involved, and of course they do get priority. As far as me personally, um, I have two locations that are very dear to me. Uh, one is Old South Pittsburgh Hospital, South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Any paranormal investigator that wants to test their grit, that's where you want to test it. Really? Because that place is off the hook. I didn't sleep for two days. You couldn't. There was just too much going on. You try to sleep, and and the spirits would keep you awake. So, uh, what like what kind of stuff is happening there? That's <laughs> that's so off the. Is it scary stuff, or is it startling, or is it just annoying when you're trying to sleep? Everything that you can imagine uh, literally <laughs> happens in that hospital. There is a, a very very dark entity in there that likes to scratch people. Um, there's also very curious ones. There are some in there that uh, just want your attention. We had a box fan actually get pulled off of a counter when two of us were standing beside it. Um, so they're very, very bold spirits in that place. Uh, there's a, one they call the whistler. When you walk down the hallway, you'll hear him whistle right behind your head. And that can be kind of disconcerting when that happens. <laughs> it, even, a, even, even the seasoned vets get a little bit shaky in that place from time to time. Wow. Yeah, a couple, so, a couple of our members have been there before. And uh, we're planning on going back there sometime this year. Cool. It's a great location. The other one that I really love is a local place, and it's kind of a, I guess you call it a pet project location, and it's uh, called the Ramsdale House. It's in Cerrito, West Virginia, and it was a stop on the Underground Railroad, and uh, it's a beautiful home built in 1858, and uh, Zopher D. Ramsdale, who served as a West Virginia senator, a postmaster, uh, wrote some of the first education laws for the state, was actually a shoemaker that started a business there and that place is just very dear to us because it has such a rich history that impacted so much of this nation in a positive way that you know we're blessed that we get to work with the fine folks at the ramsdale house and uh, get to spend quite a bit of time there cool it sounds like a great location so um let's talk <coughs> about doing private residence investigations because so you know a lot of people say well we go in and we we help these homeowners and so the question i always have and the one that i expect people to ask of me as well is how do you help it can be something as simple as how to live with what goes on in your house the, the main thing to us is to, to get the homeowner to understand what they're seeing um, whether it's a residual style haunt whether it's something with an intelligence that might be able to be reasoned with or you know the very very rare exception of something that's dark um, just knowing, you know, what a residual haunting is and, you know, us being able to identify something as a residual haunting makes it significantly easier for people to sleep at night. Now, if it, if it turns into something that is darker or violent, then, you know, we normally we don't do the cleansings ourselves. I prefer to leave that to people that are a little more skilled than we are. Uh, you know, you get cornered, you do what you have to do, of course. But, uh, you know, we'll refer them to people that we know in the clergy or, uh, you know, uh, depending on their, you know, the homeowner's particular religion, which is something you have to really be mindful of as well, uh, whether they're, you know, Christian or pagan or shaman or, you know, insert, you know, whichever right. religion. Um, then we try to get them the best possible help that we can in that field. But the main thing that we want them to do is to understand that 95% of these cases are completely and totally harmless. And in most of those cases can be simply explained away by, you know, natural noises in your home. 
Right. Yeah. That, that, kind of, that kind of ties into a question I was going to ask you. Uh, sometimes uh, the clients you get don't really have a paranormal activity. They just want the entertainment of watching an investigation. Have you developed <laughs> uh, your own screening techniques to avoid wasting time with those type of situations? I like to call it the smell test. Um, if what they're telling you stinks and is not consistent, then odds are that they're looking for some cheap entertainment. And, you know, you really get that a lot, especially around Halloween. Um, you know, or nice when there's going to be a full moon or a Friday the 13th popping around the corner. And, you know, usually just listening to their stories, if it sounds overly rehearsed or if it's not consistent, we can usually weed them out pretty well. Now, you know, from time to time, one will slip through. It does happen. But, you know, just over the years of doing this, I've been with, uh, you know, uh, the original West Virginia Paranormal since 2007. Um, and in that time, you know, we've developed the ability to really fine-tune the smell test. If, if, it's, if it smells funky, we've got a pretty good idea that it's funky. Yeah, we, we ran into one of those ones where, uh, it was a bunch of guys getting ready to go back in, uh, on, on duty for the military. And they were talking about all this activity going on. When we, when we finally got to their house and we saw like the 90 to 100 empty beer cans, we kind of figured we just wasted a lot of our time. Yeah, I, but it, you, know, you still have to treat them like a client, as if they had a legitimate claim. So, you know, we still do the investigation. The, the one that really, bothered me the most was we actually went into a home and found heroin needles burn spoons and scales and you know we're not the police okay and you know we tell clients right away you know if you guys are using something tell us so we can eliminate it you know and surprisingly most of them will tell us if they have an addiction or if they are a recreational user of some kind but you know, when you walk in and you find something like that, you know that you're actually in very, very real danger in the place because not only, you know, is there you know, the, the opportunity for you to get busted in a drug siege, but in addition to that, you poke yourself with a needle, you could have hep C, you could have HIV, you could have insert, you know, random disease here. So that becomes a very, very real threat to us. And that is one house that we actually just threw our hands up, walked out with our equipment and said, we're done. Yeah. Yep. We what, what else would you do? I mean, you, you have the safety of your team members and that's more important than anything else. Their safety is first and foremost in my mind. Um, I tell people all the time that I'm the Marine on the team. I'm the first one in. I'm the last one out. If something bad's going to happen, my butt's going to be the one knocked through the wall. Okay, it's not going to be one of my team members. Um, but you do the best you can to protect them because, again, you know, we do become like a family. It, it we're, we're really tight. We're there for each other through all of the hard times, through the difficulties. Um, so, you know... Just over the years of, you know, I've known some of these people five, six years and become very close to a lot of them. Uh, one of my investigators has actually asked me when she gets married if I would give her away. Aww. And that's, I cried. I, I literally yeah. cried like a baby when she asked me. But you know something? That's the relationship that we have. They look at me like I'm the dad, like I'm the grandpa. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, they want to, you know, have that closeness. And I'm, I'm good with that. I'm going to do what I can to protect them. Yeah. Yeah, luckily we have uh, one of our members is a constable, and one of our other members was the constable. So uh, if we go into some areas that are, they look like they could be inherently unsafe, we're pretty much well-armed. Absolutely. Well, we're well-armed too, but that's just because, you know, we, we don't go into private homes with guns, but like if we're out somewhere in the woods or something, yeah, I'm, I'm carrying. <laughs> yeah, so. Don't blame you. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but except that usually I have my husband with me, and he, so he can carry because the gun pulls my pants down. So there you go. <laughs> Fun times. Good times, yes. Always, always. You know, investigating is always one thing. It's always unpredictable. And no matter how long you actually um, do this job, and no matter how many homes you go into, how many haunted forests, how many abandoned buildings, cemeteries, insert location here, there's always something ready to surprise you no matter what. And you've got to be ready for that. You've got to be ready for that moment, whether it's some guy passed out in the back of a trailer that you thought was abandoned or heroin needles. Um, I've walked into places and seen the carpet move from the roaches. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's ridiculous the things that you actually see doing this. And you know, I, I told one of my investigators one day, I'm like, why do we never get the mansions? Why do we never get the, you know? But you know what? We've got some great clients. And I'm not disparaging all of our clients. I and mean, if any of them are listening, I don't want you to think this is about you guys unless your carpet was moving. Um, you know, um, but you know, we, we, we've got some great people that call on us and we like to maintain relationships with them afterwards. Um, you know, if they're, if they're having problems with drug addictions, things of that nature, I've actually helped get people into drug rehab. So is the team. Um, you know, so we're going to work with people. We're going to do what we can to help them out. But, uh, you know, a lot of times this job calls for us to go well above and beyond just the paranormal because it becomes a very personal issue to us. Yeah, you know, that's that's funny that you say that because I often say that I, I wind up feeling sometimes more like what I'm doing is counseling than than paranormal investigating. But I'm also the touchy-feely person on the team. So. <laughs> I mean, not literally. I'm not touching and feeling our clients. but um, <laughs> That's going to open up a whole other bag of legality right there if you're doing that. Right. So. No, no, no. I, I'm not that. I'm the woo-woo person on the team, so I, I tend to I tend to wind up doing a lot of, of that type of stuff. So let's talk about your screening process then because it's always interesting to me uh, because some teams don't do any. Uh, some teams do a ton. So, so where do you fall <coughs> on that spectrum? Um, we're somewhere mid-range to heavy, I would call it. We do a pretty thorough background check of what we can on not only the the property itself, but the people that are calling. So, you know, we try to get as much information as we can about previous landowners, the history of the property, any tragedies, known tragedies are there. Um, for certain claims and certain things that happen, we actually do geological survey. We'll look those up to find out, you know, mineral content of the ground, especially if there's, uh, you know, any indication that there may be limestone or uh, water running underneath the property. Mm-hmm. All, all of this is very, very handy towards helping us uh, come in there with an idea of what we're going to be dealing with um you know people that watch the shows and don't get me wrong i have nothing against the shows on television godspeed to those guys because they paved a pathway for this to be accepted with that said it's not a one-hour process it's not you know it's not all fun and fun and games there's a lot of i mean literally mind-bending work that goes into this behind the scenes and um you know just hours of reviewing video, hours of audio, hours of photographs, hours of interviewing people that live there, people that used to live there, homeowners, former homeowners, former renters, tenants. It, it all just combines, you know, for a four hour investigation, you've got about 75 or 80 hours of work. And people don't realize that from seeing the show. So, you know, we get people that want to be a ghost hunter and they've seen Zach Bagans and they've seen Jay and Grant and they've seen Josh Gates and they've seen all these other people and they find out. This is not glamorous. This is <laughs> this is work, and it's work that you're not paid for. You know? and, and it's often mind-numbingly boring. Oh, I had to watch 16 hours of a bed. <laughs> a bed. <laughs> <laughs> What's worse, I turned nothing. 
no evidence whatsoever. Oh, I know. Well, you know, and that seems to be the case is that um, no matter how carefully you screen, you're always going to have a certain percentage of the cases, and I would say a majority of the cases where you have nothing. Absolutely, yeah. If you're finding something at every investigation as an investigator, I'm telling you guys, you need to rethink your process because you're not eliminating what you can eliminate. Um, there is just not that much paranormal activity. And I wish it was that blatant. I wish it was that in your face, you know, but a lot of times that voice you have on a recorder is carryover from outside. You have to have a screening process for this compared to your other recorders. Um, make sure if you have an investigator in the room that they note any noises that they hear, you know, even setting down or uh, creaking of a floorboard once, you know, I, I've never understood why people filter audio so much. It's so distorted by the time it's done. It sounds like a robot from a 1940 sci-fi flick. That doesn't tell me anything. You know, I I need a voice. I want to be able to hear the inflection when they talk. If I can't pull that kind of evidence without running it through 38 different filters, it's not usable evidence. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You know, I used to hear everybody's EVPs that had like that robot voice. And I thought, why do mine never sound like that? And then I realized that that's what they were doing was filtering it out so much like that. And so I, I tend to agree with you. I think that if you don't recognize it as a voice and hear the consonants and hear the syllables and hear all of those things, then then it's not evidence. Absolutely. When in doubt, throw it out. And this is the best no. law that you can have. Yeah. Now, sometimes on, on your EVP, though, uh, it seems like the spirits talk at a different speed than we do sometimes. And if if I take an EVP and uh, slow it down just enough, sometimes I can actually hear the words. But right. what I do is I keep the original document and I mark it. And then uh, when I record that information, I point out I've slowed it down to this degree or that degree. And uh, it, it seems to help. But, yeah, you're, you're right. Some of that stuff you hear in the background, uh, you can hear somebody whispering. We try to tell uh, people it's with us. Sometimes the client wants to stay in with us. We tell them, don't whisper. Don't whisper, yeah. Talk at a normal voice, because when you whisper, it's going to come across. Is it can possibly be a spirit, and that's just extra work for us. Well, let's Absolutely. talk about that. Let's talk about what type of manipulation is ex- acceptable with audio evidence, do you think? Or is I any? Mean, well, you know, some manipulation is. And, and, you know, I'm going to go out here and agree with somebody that's in the chat room right now, because uh, I am watching the chat room. I'm actually on here as Wookie Bump, I think is my name, but I'm, I'm in there. Um, but... Cali Girl 90 made a very valid point. Most, the most that, that, that she does, for example, is lower the background noise. And that's perfectly fine. If you're, if you've identified a voice, then small amounts of tweaking, sure, that's perfectly acceptable because you're clearing up something that you nailed. But if you just hear a random noise and you run it through this filter and that filter and this filter and that filter, and now you have something that doesn't even resemble what you originally heard, I don't consider that evidence anymore. That's basically manufactured at that point to me. Um, I won't call it false evidence because there was something there, but it's past the point of being the original recognizable sound that it was. Sure. Sure. It makes sense yep. to me. 
Hey, let's do this uh, just because I know that if I ask you another question, we're going to go over our break. So let's go to break. Are you ready to go to break now, Cheryl? You can nod your head. Yes, she is ready to go to break. So we will go to break, and um, we will continue talking to Rob when we get back. Stick around, everybody. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with me, Karen Frazier, and sitting in tonight, um, Bob Fountain and our guest, Rob Henry. So stick around. We'll be right back. Kristen from the Enlightened Circle. Join us Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, where we'll feature great guests, enlightening information, and spiritual healing. If you have questions about or for the universe, the Enlightened Circle is where you want to be. Tuesdays at 10, only on the Hazy Radio Network. You are a waste. A loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Hey everybody, this is Rick Hale, host of Common Sense Paranormal. Listen to me on hazyradio.com, Thursday nights, 8 to 9 p.m. Central. Hey, Hazy Radio listeners. Do you like animated movies and TV shows? Do you ever wonder just what goes into making the magic that appears on your screen? Join Doug Engler and Brandon Ahrens every Sunday night for Animazing Radio. Animazing will feature everything in the animation arena, from voice actors and actresses to illustrators, producers, and more. Only on Animazing Radio will you find the very best in animation from around the world. Catch Animazing Radio every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Listen to 
are you crazy? I'm not your video game, you can't just play me Hope you find what you're looking for Real talk, I keep on running and running around nonstop I'll be fine, I'll be fine, don't worry about me Way hotter than you, just take one look at me Good looks, good looks, it's whatever, bro So done with you, yeah, yeah you're free to go Good, good looks, it's all Good, good looks, I throw my deuces up And watch you act a fool, I'm not your fool Hello, this is Patty Valdez with South Sound Paranormal Research, and you're listening to Chucky e. G and Karen Frazier on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on the Hazy Radio Network. Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. So, thanks. Patty, for that great bumper, that's my my pal and co-investigator, although she's like the, the head honcho, and also collaborator on my most recent book, Patty Valdez, who did that. So, uh, you know, guys, if you want to send us your own bumpers like that, you can send them to, you can make your own recording, send it to editor at paranormalunderground.net, and I am willing to bet that Cheryl will put it on the air, right, Cheryl? She's nodding. Yes, she's nodding and smiling. So we are back. It is me, Karen Frazier, or as Bob so happily pointed out, my really hip name, K-Fraz. <laughs> no, it doesn't work, Bob. <laughs> and Bob Fountain, and we are talking... We are having a great conversation with um, Rob Henry. So, Rob, thanks for sticking around. Oh, it was a pleasure. Glad to be here. And I always love talking about the paranormal, and I love doing it with interesting people. And you know what? We got both of them here. So, good deal. Very good. So, Bob, you have you have your list of questions, and I'm just going to say go. Oh, thanks. Well, uh-huh. well, one of the questions I had was, uh, do you use uh, none of your members' bios had uh, too much in there? I think you had two or three that actually filled it out. But uh, is any of your members psychic, and do you work with them? I didn't say use them, Karen. Do I you know work- you saw me. You said use, and you saw me starting to go. <gasps> didn't you? Yeah, I, it's, I, Rob, I know, it's my I, it's I, my pet peeve when people say, "Do you use psychics on your team?" I I feel that that's just. A little much. <laughs> yeah, I would agree, too. Now, we have a few members that are sensitive in different areas, anything from empathic to just flat out almost a level of clairvoyance. As far as how they are integrated with the team, you know, the abilities are more of a divining rod as far as I'm concerned. If we can't grab a hold of it, turn it around, twist it, turn it upside down, smell it, lick it to taste it, shake it and set it back down, it's not evidence to us. Um, it, it's a personal experience that's felt with a sense that I don't have. So I can't even begin to compare it to anything. So, you know, do we have people that have abilities and gifts? Yes, we do. Have I worked with people that have abilities and gifts? Every opportunity I get because I love diversity. Do I consider that hardcore evidence? Well, no, I don't because it can't be verified. And unless we have some validation and a way to back it up, it's just another personal experience like feeling a touch on your shoulder. And, you know, as a psychic, I have... 
as a psychic, I have no problem with you saying that. I actually agree 100% with you. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's, I, I'm there for, I'm a divining rod. You're, you're right. That's exactly what it is. So, yeah, I've yeah. been fortunate enough. I was going to say, I've been fortunate enough to get to work with the Reverend Robin Marie on multiple occasions, and she is a phenomenal psychic. I love her, yeah. love her to death. She's a great friend. But even Robin knows that, to me, it's it's an indicator, and she is also very, very uh, understanding and agreeable with that. You know, that, that that's just my take on it and my view on it. Do I trust what she tells me? Oh, absolutely. She's proven herself time and time and time again to me. But with that said... You know, I still have to have something to back it up to show a client. Yeah. Well, I find it interesting. So what if you have a psychic who comes through and tells you things knowing nothing about the location and it matches the history that you found? Does that is it is that given a different weight or is that still personal experience? To me, it's still it's still more borderline personal experience. And the reason is unless I really, really know the person on a very, very close level. Mm-hmm. There's no way for me to validate that they did not do research on their own. Oh, that's okay? true. Yeah. And, and I don't mean that as disrespectful to anybody that is psychic or that has the gifts. But still, with that being said, I have to have something to take to the client that can be tangible. So, yeah, it can be used to validate if I trust the person and have worked with them enough to know that they're legitimate. But keep in mind, I did work with a psychic one time that got her psychic impressions by crawling around and listening to the floorboard. So I'm very skeptical and I have to stay that way. (laughs) You know, it's just part of it. I am so glad that that is not the way mine works. Somebody would step on my head. I, I, (laughs) yeah, you talk about work hazard that, that lady needed hazard pay as much time as she was crawling around. Um, just I, I totally just could not believe what I was seeing, and uh, Neil say we did not work with her again. Well, I know yeah. there's some teams out there though that so there's some teams out there that use them to uh, uh, make the investigation uh, more intense, where they can look at a certain area and say I feel something over here, rather than you going off in an area where there's absolutely no activity. Do they help you that way at all? Oh, yeah. You know, if, if we have somebody that's sensitive and they say that they're picking up uh, an energy fluctuation or they see a, an entity or they feel something in a certain area, yeah, we'll definitely concentrate on that area. Um, we'll put extra equipment in that area. You know, we'll make sure that it's very, very much covered because we want to validate their experience. You know, we want to validate what they're telling us. With that being said... I still got to have something to validate it, you know, so it, it becomes an issue of, I become Missouri, the show me state. You got to show me something. <laughs> but now when you, when you go back to the client uh, and you say, here's hard evidence, EVPs or whatever you've gotten, uh, video or audio, do you still include what the psychic found out? Because it is subjective material, but it might lend credence to some of the other stuff you found. Isn't that the, the uh, client's decision? Yeah, it usually is. If, if I trust the psychic, like I said, if I'm working with somebody like Robin or somebody with, you know, with, uh, you know, Kate has his reputation here, um, <laughs> you know, then, then I'm more likely to just say, look, we don't have anything to back this up, but such and such felt this in this area. They sensed this in this area. Um, you know, do with this little bit of evidence what you will. And I, and this one, it always starts a firestorm, but I'm going to mention it anyway. I do the same thing with energy orbs. Okay, energy orbs to me are not solid evidence. I'm sorry, they occur naturally. Ball lightning is a great example of an energy orb. Seeing, guys, listen, seeing an orb somewhere 
where you see a ghost and expecting an orb to mean that there's a ghost everywhere is like seeing a tree near where there's a ghost, and that means everywhere you see a tree, there's a ghost. It doesn't hold water, okay? So please stop posting those videos. Please stop posting those pictures, unless you've got something to back up, <laughs> for the love of God. I've seen enough dust to last a lifetime, <laughs> okay? We, we did that. Or, did or that the one. photographic artifacts, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had an old school that we uh, were investigating once, and down in the basement, they had a bunch of uh, uh, infrared uh, cameras set up. And I said, you want to really make it exciting for some of these people to look at the uh, tapes later on? I stomped on the floor. Of course, needless <laughs> to say, down the basement, there was like 100,000 energy orbs. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. They, they, they had all this evidence coming back to them going, look at this. You know, it's a mess. It's a ghost. <laughs> You know, I'll tell you something funny. Actually, if you use a, a really good quality IR camera, Carpet Fresh makes the most beautiful orb you've ever seen. Really? Oh, my Lord, yeah. They they actually have a bluish hue to them. Even on a grayscale, they have a bluish tint. It is so hilarious mm. to see them. And they look like they're on fire because they get this little peak at the top, <laughs> you know, just the way the light reflects on them. How, did, they're that, how, did, you, how did you discover this? testing believe it or not we actually put down carpet fresh and recorded stomping through it and shaking it off and popping it up into the air you know we've done a lot of this over the years to try to yeah. figure out what we're seeing you know i love that you do that well you have to you have yeah. to stay what's in people's homes yeah so let's talk about that let's talk about some of the common things that people miss that they they misidentify as paranormal activity well, you know, the, the you get the classics like we were talking about, the dust orb. Um, sure. But, you know, in addition to that, things like their television will change channels. Yes. Well, you know, a stray frequency can do that. Even IR can have a problem with something interrupting it and causing that problem. Electronics can be faulty. Um, one of my personal favorites is they hear a knocking inside the wall. Well, when does it happen? Well, usually when the furnace kicks. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it, it's your pipes. It's your heating. It's your ductwork. Um you know, the water will turn on by itself. Then I go in and I look at the faucet. It's 30 years old. It doesn't have a backstop on it. So when the water pressure kicks, it just throws it open. Um, these are all things that people can really check in their own home. Also, a lot of times we'll pick up uh, areas where there is very, very, and I do mean very high EMF fields, which can actually cause people to have hallucination issues, uh, feelings of paranoia. When it comes down to that, you know, that's a wiring problem. You guys need to get that checked. That's not yeah. an issue of is this, you know, something paranormal. No, this is something that can be a health hazard, and you really need to get it looked into. You know, fire hazards are 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 a real a real deal. Yeah, How about the we two meter going off when uh, your cell phone rings. Oh, I've seen that one a hundred times. You know, that's <laughs> I've seen people actually use EMF detectors on their phone. Now I've got one I play around with. I'm not going to lie, I got it. It was a free app, but you know what? I would never use that as evidence. Not once. No, never, 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 never. Something like ghost, ghost radar? That's a fun oh. toy. Oh, it's a toy, though. That's exactly what it is. And, you know, since we're on the subject of these beautiful, cute electronic gadgets, I'm not sold on the Frank's box. I'm not sold on the Ovilus, and I'll tell you why. Okay. How does, how does a ghost know, a 150-year-old ghost know, how to get into an Ovilus and pick a word out of an electronic dictionary? Well, I've always wondered that. Yeah, and in addition to that, most of the stuff that you pick up on a Frank's box, even though I've had some stuff that's been very, very eerily close yes. to answering questions. Um, I read a study recently, and if I can find it, I'll forward it back to you guys so you can check okay. it out. Um, they had a Frank's box set up and did an EVP session with it. Simultaneously, they were recording every active radio station within the bands 
on individual recorders. They replicated every EVP picked up by the Frank's box. Seriously. If I can find that article, I'd like to see happy that. To send. Yeah. Yeah. Because anytime there's doubt, I don't see how we can use it. You're right. You're right because it, it, it chips away at our credibility. Well, think about it. If you're trying to cure cancer, are you going to take something that might possibly work, even though testing shows that it's not even 60% effective, not even 30% effective? What about a cancer cure that has a 25 to 30% mortality rate? You have to approach it with the same line of logic, and that line of logic is if there's a doubt, we can't use it. Now, when somebody can prove to me that an ovulus works or somebody can prove to me that a Frank's box works – I'll be more than happy to include it in the arsenal. I've got a Frank's box, actually. I don't use it for, you know, active, active. Mm -hmm. So because there's just too many things that can go wrong. Yeah. You know, I agree, though. I've had some eerily close things happen with both the Ovilus and the Frank's box. So, I mean, and I mean, just like, like a conversation that makes, and it makes you wonder, but you're right. I always tend to, like a lot of people will present things from an ovulus or from um, a Frank's box as an EVP. And yeah. it's not. Right. <laughs> it's, that, that's it's right up there with the flashlights. Well, now, flashlights, flashlights. Flashlights I use, and I'll tell you why. I, I've seen the tests that show the break in the current being caused by an actual oxidation buildup. Mm-hmm. But, but if I can get a spirit to turn a flashlight on five times in a row to the same question within the same time frame, Odds are that's not oxidation. We have safety precautions and you know safety guards that we can use for a flashlight session that you just don't have for a Frank's box. You can't yeah, reproduce no. radio signals on the same frequencies with the same words and the same tunes at the same time. But you can have it turn a flashlight on four or five times. And if it does it multiple times, then it does lead more credibility to it. Because it's well, repeatable. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we've had, we've had flashlight uh, situations where you turn it on. If you don't say anything, you sit there long enough, it's going to go on and off. But you're right. If you had enough experience with it, when you do use it and it actually reacts to the questions, then it's usable, but it's still not one of my favorites. Right. I, I would rather have a voice on recording. I'd rather have that full body, full torso apparition walking across the screen, which we got, by the way. You um, did. Oh, well, yeah, we got a great laser grid video from Moundsville State Penitentiary. It's on our website, wvparanormal.com. Sorry for the cheap plug, but it's a great catch. We caught a full torso walking through a laser grid. I love and, it. Yeah, and we actually, the security precaution that we had up is we had two motion detectors set up that would bright, bright, bright blue lights, and neither one of them activated. But whatever the entity was, it walked right between them. So how did it not activate it? Because it was energetic motion as opposed to physical motion? I, I believe so, yeah. Anything larger than a canary that went through there would have activated those motion lights. They're right. very, very sensitive. Um, no lights whatsoever came on. Hmm. But you can definitely see a ripple of a human torso. I couldn't make a head out, but you could see the body and the arms. And you could actually see the arms swaying as it walked through the laser grid. And I'll be happy to provide you with that link as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's really cool because that is really, really rare yes, to, to be able to capture it moving on video. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that laser grids make that more possible? I think they do because anything that has the ability to bend light, there's got to be something 
solid to it, at least in some form. Light itself is not going to bend without a very, very large gravitational field. So you have to have something that can actually cause that light to to change. Um, but as far as how rare it is, we've been using laser grids for five years. We have one piece of evidence. Yeah. Yeah, well, video evidence, legitimate video evidence, I feel is incredibly rare. I mean, you watch hours of video Eas- from easily, and and I, it's it's like less than a tenth of a percent, less than a hundredth of a percent, I think, of where you actually find something in there. Right. It really is. It's so rare. We've got video of cushions being knocked off of beds. We've got video of um, objects being moved. We've got, of course, the 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 full body that we caught actually moving. Um, you know, and we've got some stuff that we can't release, of course, because you know we're under confidentiality agreements with our client, right. and we're we're going to respect our client no matter what. Um, but you know, with that being said, you know, I've seen enough stuff to where I believe that this is a legitimate. A legitimate phenomenon and i've shared the link to you guys actually in, yeah, in skype if you'd like to check that out when you get an opportunity um it, it it was just really an amazing catch and my exact words and i will censor them for for radio of course <laughs> um but my exact words when i saw this and it was shown to me by one of the investigators was there's no bleeping way we caught this we are not that bleeping lucky mm. and you and, were we showed it to Lori, who is the uh, the uh, nighttime curator of Moundsville State Penitentiary, and Lori called it one of the three best pieces of evidence ever pulled from Moundsville State Penitentiary. Wow. And that's fantastic. That's a feather in your cap right there. When when somebody like Lori tells you that this is, this is legitimate and this is good, by God, you've got something. Well, and, and so many that. people are out for um, that piece of evidence. They want that... They want that one thing that they think is going to prove it. And um, my belief is that you're never going to prove anything to somebody who doesn't want to believe and you're never going to disprove something from somebody who does want to believe. Absolutely. But there are some, so many people who that's all they're out for is that one piece of evidence. And I think that that's actually fairly, a, I don't want to say dangerous because that sounds more dire than it is. But do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, people yes, have, you get that piece of evidence, you quit and go home. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. It's over. It's over. I yeah. got it. Now, now, here's the thing. You, you've got to understand that in this field, especially, you've got to live in what I call the gray areas. And the gray areas are, you know, black is a positive, white is a negative. People don't realize that there's a very large spectrum between black and white. And those gray areas is where we actually pull our evidence from. Okay. You need to be able to keep your mind open, to look at it with a skeptical eye. I tell people all the time, I'm a skeptical believer. I believe that there are ghosts, but you know something? I'm going to be very, very hard to prove that you got one. It's going to be tough to prove it to yep. me. Um, I have to stay that skeptical. I don't have a choice. It's, it's not in my makeup not to be that skeptical because there's so much faked evidence out there. There's so many oh, phony yeah. things out there. You know, it kills me. You know, we invest hours and hours and hours of our own personal time, huge amounts of money ourselves. This equipment's not cheap nope. by any stretch. Our DVR is a custom-built computer, okay? Literally a custom-built computer in a Vulcan LAN gaming case, so we have a handle to carry it around with. We've got a dual monitor set up. We can run consecutively 18 infrared Zero Lux cameras at one time. Nice. That's not oh. cheap, guys. Please I have DVR MV. Yeah, please don't. Don't cheapen what we do because you want a million hits on YouTube. Yeah. Okay, please. Yeah. 
Yeah. I appreciate you know, when that. You, about I appreciate that. Have you ever had an investigation where the activity increased after you left as a result of the investigation? Usually it's the opposite. Um, usually we drain whatever's there so bad that it's days before it actually pokes its head up again. Now, we have had a couple of cases where we've run into some rather dark and aggressive entities. Um, I won't drop the D word as we like to call it because D worlds, okay, I'll say it one time for you guys, demonics or non-human haunts are exceptionally rare, okay? But there are dark entities out there. Yeah, but there are dark entities out there. And, you know, sometimes they will become more aggressive because when we come in there, we don't taunt. For the record, I do not agree with taunting a spirit. Guys, please don't do that. That's Hollywood crap. Stop it. Uh, If somebody came in and started trash talking my grandmother, like they've seen investigators going and trash talk a spirit, and you don't know if you're talking to a little old lady or a child, I'd smack the taste out of their mouth so fast and make their head swim. Go in respectfully. You get better results. But when you're in there sometimes and you're talking to these negative people or negative entities, negative spirits, they will get aggressive afterwards because they didn't like people invading their turf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had some clients that uh, they, they didn't want us to investigate, even though they were terrified of what was going on, because they were terrified that all that would do is stir up the negative that they were experiencing, making it worse for them. And one of my questions to you was, have you ever encountered anything so negative during an investigation that made you consider quitting? No. Um, I've, I've had myself absolutely shaken to the core. Um, I've had my faith tested. Um, I've been carried out of a basement because I had an entity walk through me and drain me of every ounce of energy that I had. And I was literally carried out of the basement. Mm. I can't, I can't quit there. It's a, it's a passion. Um, more importantly than just being a passion, there's not many people that offer the services that people like us can. Where do people, I I found that out. If you sit there and mention you do paranormal investigations, it's like people come out of the woodwork. Everybody has a story of something going on around them. So uh, there's all kinds of people that, that they're, they're afraid of what's going on around them. But there's only so much of you that you can deal with. Like you said, you have a huge caseload. Yeah. If we listened to everybody that wanted us to investigate, I'd be doing it full time. Yeah, and doing it for free. If, if you're like us, you do it for free. Oh, yeah, yeah. We do it for free, oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I, you we, know, we tell everybody. Yeah, one time people hear from me. One, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Bob. Sorry about that. One time people hear from me. You know, if you feel so inclined to give us a donation, God bless you. We appreciate it. Don't feel like you're, you have to do it. Um, I don't like money being involved, to be perfectly honest. And the only reason that we tell people that we will accept it is because we've had a few people that have insisted. So, yeah, we've had a few as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, we have to, but that's, we, we'll usually tell a client, even if you don't want to use this. Mm-hmm. If somebody's out there willing, uh, wants to charge you, I can guarantee they're going to find something where they need to come back. Yeah. 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 Or they're going to charge you $500 to get a special candle, you know, yeah. to come in and, and clean the house. I, 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 I've seen so many of the scams over the years. 30 years in this industry is enough to jade anybody. And, yeah. um, you know, that it, a lot of times you get very, very untrusting of other investigators. You get untrusting of um, clients. You get untrusting uh, of medium psychics. You get untrusting of pretty much everybody involved in the field because you see so many people trying to play it for an angle. Um, but we do our absolute best to try to stay as positive towards people as we can because we want to help. And at the end of the day, that's why we do this is to help people out. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, 
that's the most important thing I think is that, and I think that it's, it's what separates. You have the people that have put together a team because they want to entertain themselves or satisfy their curiosity or things like that. Then you have people like you who have put together a team because you wish to help. Mm-hmm. And now here's the question is, say I'm just Joe client and I've got a haunted place or I think I do. How do I know the difference? Questioning is a good thing. You know, most investigators that are worth their salt will sit and talk with you on the telephone about what you're experiencing, give you a few ideas of what it could possibly be, and then you can kind of proceed from there. Um, I'll sit and talk to a client for hours if I have to, and we'll talk about the possibilities of what could be going on that's not paranormal. Um, once it comes back, though, and they say, look, you know, we've eliminated this, this, and this. It's not pipes. You know, we've checked the plumbing. The electricity is great, but light bulbs are still exploding, and there's flames shooting out of them. Um, yeah, then we're going to come in and check it out. But you know something? Common sense goes a long way. Do not let your fear overrule your sensibility. Um, and that's what we try to drown into, you know, drum into people's heads. Don't be afraid of what you're experiencing. Because you yeah. can't make a rational decision when you're afraid. Right. You know, be very calm about it. Look at it analytically. Look at it logically. And once again, put it up to my famous sniff test. If it, if it doesn't pass the sniff test, it's probably not a ghost. Yeah. Good answer. Um, Bob, did you get all three of your questions or do you have more? Well, yeah, since I noticed you have a sizable team, do you select team members based on their, their skill sets they have? which uh, may be required for a particular investigation? No, and I'll tell you why. Um, we we select team members basically based off of just how well they work together. Um, you know, we I don't want to say that we have a set groups inside of the team because we really don't. We have a lot of interchanging going on. But, you know, when you do this for a while, you're going to have some people that work better together than others do. And you want to make sure that you keep those people on the same page. So if we've got, a, you know, also ge- uh, geography has a lot to do with it. Uh, for example, we have three team members that are based um, out of a city, actually four team members now that are based out of a city that's about two hours away from me. And, okay. you know, they handle a lot of cases in the area. And I'll just drive down to meet them and the five of us will go and take care of it, take care of a client. Um so, you know, geography plays a lot into it as well because we literally are all over the, the central and western part of the state of West Virginia. Okay. So let's talk about uh, your radio show, Living Paranormal, oh, which yeah. is a fantastic <laughs> show. I enjoyed being on it. You guys are great. So tell our listeners about your show. Well, uh, a little over a year ago, a good friend of mine, Jason, uh Jason Olivo and I were talking. We've been gaming buddies for about 16 years, and we both found out we had a passion for the paranormal. And uh, I was on a show, and uh, it wasn't going exceptionally well, unfortunately. And um, I had uh, mentioned to the host, I was like, you know, my buddy Jason is really good at this. Maybe we ought to get him on here and see, you know, how things go with him. So they, uh, the host called Jason, and you know, I arranged it behind the scene. Jason, I need your help here, buddy. Come bail me out. And uh, Jason and I got on the air together for the first time, and it was almost magic. We just had so much fun doing it, and everything just flowed so smoothly. Um, within three months, we had our own show, Living Paranormal. And uh, we've been running it since January of last year. Uh, fortunately, we've only had to miss about three sh- three episodes, I think, is all we've had to miss, which, you know, sometimes it happens. You can't you can't help it. Yeah. Um, but you know something? We have just a tremendous amount of fun doing it. And we've done everything from live investigations on the air um, in Centralia, Pennsylvania, Old South Pittsburgh Hospital, to uh, contests and giveaways. We have people, you know, that can call in and talk to us on the phone. 
Um, it's just it's a tremendous amount of fun, and it's a, it's a, a beacon of information. I may not agree with what the guests say when they come on the air, but by God, they're going to have a place to say it, and we're going to talk about it, debate it, discuss it, and dissect it if we can. So yeah, I don't. We don't pull too many punches, and you know that from being on the show. We're pretty pretty much straightforward. <laughs> with you when you come on saying look we're going to have some fun with this we're going to take the scenic route to get to where we're going but here here's the questions and we every bit of it's done on the fly we don't have a prearranged nothing it's all off the cuff yeah clearly that's how we do it here too we you know it's it's a great format it's a great yeah yeah well chuck my my um co-host normally does the research and i just i go by the seat of my pants because I like having conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Jason prepares more than I do and I don't want that to sound bad towards me or no, I get it. I like to come into a situation raw. I I, do. You know, that's just, I thrive when I'm kind of on the spot. That's when I'm at my, my best. I get a little more quick witted when I'm on unfamiliar territory. I pay a little closer attention. I'm a little bit snappier with the comebacks. Jason, however, is a prepper. And but you know something? I swear to God, if you want to know about a god that was that was worshipped in ancient Mesopotamia, he can tell you. Okay, <laughs> he's a wealth of he's knowledge. That guy. He's the book guy. I'm the field guy. I've got 30 yeah. years in the field, so I've got the leg up on him in experience. But I tell you what, the man, and I never talk good about him on the air because that's just our thing. We pick on each other nonstop. But I'm going to give him credit this time because I know he's not listening. Jason is amazing, and I cannot imagine doing that show long-term without him. Robin filled in for him for a short time on a leave of absence, and I had a blast with Robin. We had an amazing, it was a magical show. But I was also glad to get Jason back. It, and I'm so, I, I was so blessed to have two great people like that, just back-to-back to work with. Most people look forever to find that one person. And here I've got two of them just drop right in my lap. You don't find that happening. I, I really am a blessed person when it comes to this. I'm yeah. really blessed. Yeah, I had all three of you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was lucky, I guess, huh? Yeah. That was a good night. Well, you, know, you know, Robin is amazing. I, I love She's Robin. Wonderful. She is a great friend. She is just a very, very amazing, supportive woman that um, just, you know, loves wholeheartedly and will do anything in the world for you. And I could not ask for a better friend than Jason. He is just yeah. a great guy that's always been there, even through the personal trials and tribulations. Fantastic. Mm. And you have a great group, too. So, yeah, I think. So how many people are in your group? Right now, we've got about about twelve. Um, we're we're talking about doing a little bit of shifting with a couple that can't be quite as active, and then maybe bringing some new talent in. Um, you know, we look more for a person's personality than with do their technical knowledge. I, yeah. We can teach anybody to ghost hunt. Okay. Yeah. We need people that can actually number one get along. Number two, take this seriously. Number three, not afraid to roll their sleeves up and get dirty. Yeah. This is a dirty job, guys. You yeah. don't realize it unless you've been there. But it's a dirty job. We crawl under houses. We are in the attics. We're going through caves. You know, anywhere that we have to go, we're we're going to go. Yeah, you can't be dainty, particularly. No, doesn't doesn't no. work too well. The dainty ones don't last more than one investigation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so my team was kind enough to take me on, and um, I'm a disaster with equipment. <laughs> <laughs> So they must have been going purely on personality because I'm a disaster with equipment. Now, do you background check your team members? 
Uh, to an extent, yes. I mean, the, the vast majority of them we really, really get to know, and we do you know check things like criminal records, things mm-hmm. of that nature. We don't go as far as doing like some teams that I've heard of with like, polygraph tests and having them you know take. Oh the, my uh, goodness! Yeah, I actually know a team that wanted to do that. That did not last very long with them. Um, also, uh, there's uh, one team up here that does uh, random drug screening, and although we do have that in our agreement, we've yet to pull out the cup. Yeah. But I'll tell you right now, if one of them gives me reason. Uh, by God, we're going to be taking a drug test because we've got a reputation. We want to maintain it. Yeah. So, your name is the original West Virginia Paranormal. Is it, does that imply there's another West, West uh, Virginia Paranormal out there? Back in my younger and more naive days when we named the team, it did not occur to me to reserve the name on a business license. Um, another group started up using the same name and grabbed a business license. So we had to alter our name. Um, you know, people told me you should try to take legal action, whatever else, because you get all this documentation showing that you've been using this name. I was like, nope, yeah. just, just let it go. Just let it go. They were out of business inside of eight months. So you're kind of like the performer formerly known as Prince. Pretty much. I thought about changing the name of the team just to a, a hieroglyph. That'd be but, cool. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody could pronounce well enough to call us. And what would they search on? What would they search on the internet? Yeah, really. I, you know, teams that must not be named. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you were talking about demons, uh, very, very briefly, and dark entities. And so, I'd like to. Um, I have never encountered. No, I've encountered something once that I thought wasn't human. Um, that hadn't formerly been human at some point. So when you have a really dark entity, my sense is that if you're an asshole in life, you're an asshole when you're dead. So what do you think it is when you encounter these dark entities? I could not have said it better myself. Um, (laughs) You know, I tell people this all the time. People are true to their nature, not only in life but in death. If you're a jerk here, you're going to be a jerk. You might even be a bigger jerk there because now you're ignored. Okay. If you're a kind, caring, loving person, odds are you're going to stay that way. If you've got something that's scratching you in the middle of the night, odds are it's an ass. <laughs> it's just it's just somebody being a jerk. It's a know? dick. Yeah, it's a, it's a guy who's a, it it's is, a douche. It really is. It really is. It's a, it's a douchebag that's just wanting attention and going, hey, watch this. Hey, you can't punch me in the nose now. <laughs> yeah, I, wow. I, I, I look at them like, like what I like to call the keyboard commandos. Those are the guys that get on the Internet, and they're 10 foot tall and bulletproof because they're sitting behind a keyboard and can't be punched right in the mouth. People talk to me on the internet like they'd never talk to me in person. I'm yeah, six. People I'm are six foot two. On the internet. Yeah, yeah, I'm si- I'm six foot two. I am not a little guy. Okay. Yeah. People don't talk to me in person like they do there, just because of the fact that they I don't know. They're either afraid that I'm going to eat them, or they know that I could whip her ass. <laughs> it's one of the two. <laughs> so. But, very rarely get, we very rarely get the trolls on on this uh, in this chat room. They they get removed pretty quickly. Yeah, we've had we we've only had one um, that I can really remember on the show, and he uh, he got on when actually Robin was on the show as a guest back in the early days, and just tried to lay into her, and he was immediately and most unceremoniously escorted out of the chat room and off of the telephone. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're always going to have those people, those trolls who, um, and I don't like to call them trolls. That's a pretty broad brush, but those people who really kind of want to try and push your buttons and see if you can lose your composure. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's going to take more than a keyboard commando that's going to bust a cap lock on me to, to come up there and really, I mean, what's he, what's he going to do? Insult me? 
Come on. I've, I've got two ex-wives. He's going to have to get real creative. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so. I hear that. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, so, so do you, have you, you said you have encountered maybe one or two that you thought might not have been human? Yeah, definitely. Actually, I've been involved in several exorcisms, believe it or not. Okay, I was going to ask you what your course of action is, because our our belief with our team is if somebody truly believes that what they have is demonic, that that's a church problem, not a paranormal problem. Absolutely. And if we have the chance to do so, that's where it's going to go is right yeah. to the, to their their pastor or, you know, uh, a pastor or clergyman that works with us, you know, and we do have a few that do work with us in the, in, uh, especially the Catholic church. The Catholics seem to be a little more accepting of this than most other denominations. Yeah. But, um, you know, sometimes you come under fire and when you come under fire, you have to be able to protect yourself. So, you know, you just watch your back guys. This can get really, real, really fast. Um, the first dark experience that we had and it ended up getting referred over to the clergy after we got our hind ends out of there we did get out of there with our hides intact but the lady that attacked us that had the entity in her and believe me it was in her um it took six people to keep her from pushing me and another investigator into a bonfire whoa Mm. so guys this is no joke you know, you see this stuff on TV. You see a certain muscle-bound investigator that gets possessed every episode. Um, that's in a not T-shirt a- that's two sizes too small. Go on. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> We're talking about the same guy. Yeah. I'll tell you off the air what I call him. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, but you know something? That's not how it happens. Okay, I'm, I've been on the front lines. I've seen this. This is not how it happens. I have been manhandled and literally manhandled by a woman that was on disability because of a bad back. You know, you can see me on camera. I'm not a little guy. I, yeah. you know, I'm a big old boy. And she was just tossing me like a rag doll. There, I mean, there, I could do nothing to stop her. It literally took the entire team to stop her. Wow. You know, that, that and a ton of prayer because I've actually got it on audio recording somewhere. And I'm going to tell you something that, that was, that, that was no joke. Uh, you know, that's, there's three modes in my life. There's everyday Rob, there's investigator Rob, and then there's Pentecostal. He's way over here. And I had to hit Pentecostal gear that night. And uh, because that's where my faith base is, I believe where your faith base is, that's where your strength is, where your strength is, is where you find your weaponry. That's where my strength base is. If you're a shaman, that's where your strength base is. If you're Mm -hmm. Catholic, that's your strength base. Mine's a Pentecostal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it was just a really bad situation for a woman that had been tormented for years in her sleep, sexually abused in her sleep. Um, it, It was a nightmarish case. And uh, thankfully, she did get delivered from it, but it took months and months and months of work with the church before anything came of it. Yeah, that's the other thing is that, so I know that we have like the paranormal clergy that Bishop Long runs um, as a base for where you can refer those cases. But I find that churches um, are pretty hard to bring on board unless you've got something really rock solid. Absolutely. And there's some groups out there. Um, our team is actually a member of the, uh, the, uh, group that was formerly known as the Paranormal Warriors of St. Michael's, which is headed by Father Bob Bailey. Um, we're actually the only team in his group that does not have a minister on the team, believe it or mm-hmm. not. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, guys like that are out there on the front lines trying to help people every day of their lives. And, uh, taking some great risks to do it. And, you know, they, they don't want to become statistics any more than the rest of us do. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. had, uh, we had a, a lady we worked with and, uh, she had some, uh, Native American entities in her house. And we used, uh, a shaman 
from the Cherokee Nation to go uh, cleanse their house for, and that, that got rid of them because we figured uh, since it was Native Americans, they would uh, respond better to a, a shaman than they would a priest. Absolutely. It's based off of their knowledge as well. People don't realize the number of factors that are actually involved in picking a paranormal team or the clergy to go with if it's needed afterwards. Um, you know, if you don't feel comfortable with your investigators, guys, don't have them back in your house. Yeah. Pl- plain and simple. Once again, it comes yeah. back to the sniff test. You know, if, if it if it doesn't smell right, move along to the next one. I heard one group, and I'll never disparage the group. I'll never talk bad about their name, okay? <clears throat> but they were literally, the, the woman literally told me that she was expecting to see Scooby-Doo and Shaggy come bounding out of the back of the van. <laughs> that was her exact words. When they got done, you know what? They just delivered all the raw data to her and said, good luck. <gasps> oh, they didn't, no. didn't even review it. Well, they were there to satisfy their own personal curiosity. Absolutely, and it had nothing to do with the client. We did four investigations of the lady's home. We were able to debunk about 95% of her claims. About 5% of her claims were legitimate, but the vast majority of those were residual haunting. By the time that we were done, we had maybe one piece of evidence that we could not dispute, and to me, one piece of evidence does not make a haunting. Yeah. And she sleeps at night now. Good. It's It's amazing. So you were able to help her with that then because, of, of course, the things that you debunked and then the residual haunting, um, just right. explaining that to her helped her to. Right. When people realize that a residual haunt is just a playback, it's like listening to yeah. a, a, an audio cassette or a CD. It's like watching a movie on DVD or Blu-ray. It's not aware that that you're watching it. It's no more aware that you're watching that than Mel Gibson is aware that you're watching you know, uh, Lethal Weapon. He, he has no clue. Of course, right. he didn't, I don't think he'd have a clue if he was sitting there watching you watch it, but that's another story. Um, you know, cause, well, Mel Gibson's kind of touched, let's be real. But, um, you know, a little bit. yeah, he's a little off the deep end nowadays, but you know, it, pe- when people realize the nature of the creature that they're dealing with, they realize the truth and the logic behind it. Yeah. Then, then it makes it easier not only to deal with, but also to accept what's going on. And, sure. you know, acceptance is a lot of it. If you, if you can, if you can prove that it is residual, then, yeah, it's residual. And uh, to answer the question from uh, Spectral Tech D, yeah, uh, Father Bob is best known for working with Paranormal State. He did separate himself from the show, though, when the scandal started coming out about uh, some of the stuff being paid for. Okay. For the mm. Okay. Well, we have on our team, we have um, a Lutheran pastor. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a metaphysical minister. And then we also have a shaman. So we try to we try to approach those things from from the different angles, depending on two things: the comfort of the homeowners, right, and the faith base of the spirits, right. Best yeah, we have can. a we have a, a homeowner that they probably need the house cleanse, but they keep on saying we're not religious, and we said, well, that that is your you know your issue, but. The spirits might be. So, Absolutely. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not every spirit that inhabits a house is the same religion as the person who lives there. Is that what you're saying, Bob? Yeah, pretty much. And so, I mean, even if they're not religious, <laughs> if the spirit is and, and the power of God removes them, then, you know, great. Yeah. You, you can still be not religious. Well, my argument. Yeah, as long as they're the same. You're right. But my argument to them would be, was it going to hurt to try? You're out yeah. nothing. Yep. You're literally out nothing. 
Well, you and know. sometimes you don't need anything religious. Sometimes you just right. need to um, talk to the spirit and find out why they're hanging out and resolve that for them and they Ab- go anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people tell me all the time I hear, you know, well, I don't have to worry about ghosts because I'm not religious. <laughs> okay, uh, good uh, luck uh, with that. What is, okay, what does that mean yeah. exactly? Well, I don't believe in it, so it can't hurt me. I said, all right, you know what? Go stand in the middle of a train track and tell that locomotive you don't believe it exists. I'll contact your family and let them know why you died. Oh, <laughs> because just because you don't believe in it doesn't mean it doesn't believe in you. That's yep. right. Exactly. That's yep. denial. Denial never really works for much of anything, does it? Yep. Denial's not just a river in Egypt. It's around. That's <laughs> you know? right. So, Rob, um, we are at the portion of our show that we like to call Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. So I know you got a little plug in earlier, but it is time to promote whatever you want to promote. Oh, well, I definitely appreciate it. Um, look for me coming up. Hopefully within the next year, I'm going to be in a documentary called Ghost of Fire 2 with the Reverend Robin Marie. Oh, cool. um, I'm so excited about it. We went to Centralia, Pennsylvania, home of the Molly Maguires, and we investigated the city that's on fire from underground. Um, absolutely amazing location. And, guys, we have some photographs that's going to be in that. It's just unbelievable. I cannot wait until this hits and I can actually sit down and watch the finished product. Um, as always, you know, Sunday nights from 9 to 11, you can find me on livingparanormal.com forward slash live or just livingparanormal.com and it'll direct you there blogtalkradio.com forward slash livingparanormal or of course you, know, you can find us on facebook with living paranormal show um also wvparanormal.com for the paranormal team and uh, towvp is how you can find us on facebook Cool. Okay, and you have a YouTube channel, I would imagine, too, that people uh, can check out. Yeah, videos. yeah. it's actually listed under my name, so you can look it up under Lone Wolf WV. I think it's either WV or WV69. Uh, but if you just do a search for the original West Virginia Paranormal, you will find us. Perfect. So, Rob, it's been great having you on. I'm sorry that we had to, you know, delay you before because of Cheryl's oh. ice storm. That's Cheryl. I know, terrible. You know, you, you you cut a deal with the weather gods, and you think they're going to follow through, and they just drop the ball every time. I know, I know. I, I curse know. you, cold miser. Curse you, cold miser. You know. <laughs> so when Ghost of Fire comes out, will you come back on so we can talk about it? Oh, absolutely. I would be thrilled to come back on. Great. And great. I got to tell you, Jason was a little bit jealous that I'm here and he's not. So, well, just Jason that out just there. needs to. Jason just needs to get in touch with Cheryl. She does all of our scheduling. Oh, well, Jason you know is, what? I'll whisper in his ear. Yeah, uh, he's welcome. You you know how to get a hold of Cheryl, so just oh, pass it on, and we'll get him on the show. You know, have you both on? What he probably is going to want his own, isn't he? You had your own. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. We'll come on together. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tell him, you can tell him the only Jason. The, they said the, the only way they would, would have you. It's the only way is if I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> Perfect. He'll love that. All right. Thank you so much, Rob. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you guys for having me on. Have a great week. Bob, it was wonderful meeting you. Cheryl, the little church mouse in the back that's listening, thank you so much for everything. Um, yeah. And I look forward to seeing you guys again soon. Karen, take care of yourself. Good night. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. So, Cheryl. Okay. So, that was Rob Henry, you guys. Um, check it out. Living Paranormal. Wow. Yeah. LivingParanormal.com. Is that what he said? Yeah. Okay. So, Cheryl. Yes. Uh, next week, do we have Micah? We do. We have uh, Micah, a.k.a. Silver Moon Medicine, coming on. And yeah. she has been a guest in the past, and we're very happy to have her back again. And she is a symbiotic medicine woman, among other yes. things. 
Yeah, she messaged me on Facebook and she said, because, you know, you sent me the message saying, what do you want to talk to her about? And I was like, I don't know. We'll just talk when she gets on. <laughs> and so she messaged me on Facebook and I tried that and she was like, no, I kind of want to know what we're going to talk about so I can promote it. And I said, well, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? So she is the chair of the Pacific Northwest Pagan Pride. And so we're going to talk a little about paganism, I think, which is really cool. It's not a subject we've covered a lot here on the big show. Yeah, that's we'll going to be cool. We'll all sit around naked, right? To be pagan. See, well, you know, Bob, so this is, this is really helpful because, because here's the thing. I was just going to say there are so many misconceptions about paganism. So I many know, misconceptions got, about I paganism. And there one was right there. So perfect. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. But See, also, I dated a Wiccan, so I know. Oh, okay. So also, um, Micah does a lot of stuff with crystals. She's a shaman. She works with our team. We do a lot of work with her when we're trying to help clients who need cleansings and that type of thing. Um, and she's just an all-around fabulous person. So if you haven't listened to her, her I, I keep saying Micah, and that might be confusing you. Her name is Michelle Rand. She's been on the show three or four times, and she wrote a column. She actually wrote my column for the magazine before I did, and then I had her big shoes to fill. So, uh, so Cheryl, well, what else? See, then, what, Bob? I was going to say, then I get to be back out in the chat room and just listen. Yeah, that's good, right? You've done great tonight. Yes. You've been, yeah, it's been great having you help really? me. Really? I, did, I didn't destroy it too badly? <laughs> Um, you know, Cheryl and I will talk about that off the air after you after you hang up. Yeah, there you go. You yeah, did, what a you jerk. did good. You did good. <laughs> Ban Bob. He's not allowed um, anywhere anymore. <laughs> all right. So, and then what else? Do you have other shows scheduled? I know that I didn't. I ask you to schedule somebody. Yeah, I'm in scheduling mode right now, but I do oh, have another guest coming up. And uh, to be honest with you, I. I am un I I can't remember if it's April 9th or 16th but it's either one of those and his name is BJ Beretta. Uh he is a filmmaker. He made a short documentary called Surviving Death: A Paranormal Debate. And Oh, Chuck asked for him, right? Yeah. Yeah, he uh Chuck uh, actually watched the documentary and wrote a review in the March issue of Paranormal Underground magazine. Um, and so we're going to uh, go in depth with uh, BJ and um, he can tell us more about um, surviving death. Sweet. Okay. And I know we've had other people because I know Mr. Verberg requested to uh, come back on the show once he found out. You know, it wasn't good enough that he was going to come on the show just because I'm here. Because, you know, I guess, whatever. Yeah. But once he found out that Chucky e. G is now my co-host, he was like, oh, well, can I come back on your show? Whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. should have said no. We Yeah, so we need to get Jay a date so we can get him back on the show. Or, yeah. Or, yep. And um, yeah. I have a few other guests lined up. I uh, Hopefully by next week I'll have more information for everybody. Very good. And so... Um, how about oh so before i forget i want to plug what we need for you so that from you our listeners so that i can continue to write my magazine column uh send us your dreams folks this dream interpretation column is very informative and extremely well written <laughs> it is i love it you do a good but anyway job. so um i got a dream Somebody sent me a dream this month, but send it to Cheryl, which is editor at ParanormalUnderground.net. We can keep you absolutely confidential. We can not say your name. You can not say your name. You can tell Cheryl, don't tell Karen who this is. Um, and 
we will interpret the symbols in your dreams. And they have been oddly specific for the people that have had the interpretations. I've had a lot of feedback that, yeah, you know what, this is exactly what's going on in my life. And wow, I didn't know that my dreams were telling me that. So yeah, I, I sent you one once anonymously. Did I, did I interpret it? Yes, you did. Was it, it oddly was, specific? Yes, it was. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> yep, Ta-da! I don't want to go any further with that, but yeah. No, 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 no. You don't have to because you did it anonymously for a reason. But what's funny is every once in a while, somebody will send one. I'll say to Cheryl, oh, was this so-and-so? I didn't know that one of them was yours, but every once in a while, I'll know whose it is anyway. Well, Cheryl could tell you which one was mine. I didn't care if you knew or not anyway. It's okay. We don't have to talk about your, your oddly specific dream interpretation. But so send us your dreams, editor at paranormalunderground.net. It's really kind of cool. I mean, I don't care how freaking whacked out your dream sing- seems. They have meaning. I had one one time. I think I sent the interpretation to Cheryl. We never put it in the magazine. But it was like there were these two bearded guys, and they were on roller skates, and there was a VW bug. And I, I woke up, and I thought, man, I don't know what I ate, but there is no way that I'm going to be able, able to interpret this. And I started with my symbols, and I and it was absolutely everything that was going on in my life it was just like whoa (laughs) okay (laughs) this crap works Mm -hmm. and but here's what i want to know how do my dreams and i don't know this i'm the dream interpretation person so i shouldn't be asking you guys this but how do my dreams know that they have the same symbols as bob's dreams or your dreams yeah you know uh, one of the things i was wondering how did you learn to do the dream interpretations is that part of your uh, Um, metaphysical training uh-huh, it's part of my metaphysical training. That was one of the courses that we had to do. And as a matter of fact, if I wanted, um, I could I could continue and get my PhD in dream interpretation. But I, you know, I, I no. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but there, Reiki a, and energy healing was part of it too. Mm-hmm. Yep. That well, that the Reiki's good. In fact, they wanted me to go on to become a Reiki master. But yeah. Uh, for me, it's just good enough. To, I can cleanse my own crystals now before I go on investigation. Yeah, I know. And you know what I do? So um, I make this stuff, and I call it juju spray because what else would you call it? <laughs> and it's actually um, it is essential oils that are used as funeral herbs for passing, for mm-hmm. uh, assisting spirits into the spirit realm, assisting dead people into the spirit realm, essentially. And I reiki it before I take it. And I do it with like any crystals or stones and I do it with like any, like if somebody wants us to bring a rosary or something, I, I'll make the rosary and then I'll, I'll cleanse it. I'll do the Reiki on it. So I Reiki anything that I'm going to use on investigation. Do you, do you by the way, when you do your investigations, because like, I never asked this stuff in the chat room, uh, the spirits that are there sometimes, they're there because they haven't figured out how to cross over. Do you sit there and, and tell them if you have a loved one, you ask them to come get you, they will come get you? Or it's uh, you so don't want to tell? Sometimes it's so highly individual. So here's the thing. I think that um, any spirit, I, I, first of all, I don't think that any spirit should be here as a spirit. I think that the, the natural state is over on the other side, and that's where we yeah. need to go. But I think that some of us remain ego-identified. And when we're ego-identified, we, we sometimes get stuck here or believe that we're stuck here. So I have conversations, all sorts of conversations with them. I try to find out why they're here, why they're choosing to stay here, what it is. I mean, some of them are like, I'm afraid I'm going to hell. Some of them are, well, I, I miss my wife or, you know, whatever it is. And then, and then based on what those needs are, then we work on, on moving them over. 
Yeah. Because yeah. some, they, they just soon stay here. I yeah, know when I die, nice. I, I've got a bucket list of who I want to haunt when I die. I totally have. I'm going to do all sorts of crap when I'm dead. I was just, we did a, we, we gave a, a, a talk at the local library up in Centralia, Washington. Rob kept saying Centralia, Pennsylvania, and I was like, I live in the other Centralia. But anyway, we, we, did, a, we did a talk at the Centralia library, and um, that was one of the things that I was telling them is that, you know, they were like, well, what do you think is going to happen when you die? And I was like, well, I'm going to choose to stick around for a while because I have some people that I have some scores I want to settle, man. <laughs> yep. Are you going to go back to Are you going to go back to Wellington and uh, see some of the people that uh, was with you when the train uh, uh, was destroyed? <laughs> My hope is that they'll all be moved on by then. By yeah, the time I, I, you know, they've been here a hundred years. It's time there, you know. So we're working on that. Um, but Wellington will always be special. And yeah, I may haunt Wellington for a while. Who knows? I may haunt the museum. I may just, you know, haunt my kid, which is probably going to happen. You know, <laughs> wear clean underwear in case you get in a wreck. Stuff like that. You know, just mom stuff. Make sure that when you go try on shoes, you have socks without holes. You know, those kinds of things. I, I think yeah. that, that makes part of it. Mm -hmm. So, Cheryl, uh, just really quickly, uh, it, what's the status of a magazine? Uh, our latest issue, our March issue, is online at paranormalunderground.net. We're working on our April issue. And okay. um, so please uh, check it out and let us know what you think. Cool. All right. So look at that. We got it all done just in the nick of time. Bob, I want to thank you for stepping in for Chucky e. G. You have been a worthy co-host. Oh, wow. I feel honored then because, <laughs> you know, I didn't know what the heck I was got. I thought I might nerd out and not say a word. or but That would have been like fine, that. too. I'm more comfortable in the chat room just, you know, being an ass. <laughs> well, I know. Oh, Cheryl wants me to tell you, and I, it's a good thing she reminded me because I forgot. Coming out of the break, the last break, which was like an hour ago now, uh, the yeah. song she played was called Good Looks by Taylor Matos. Matos? 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 Tomatoes? Tomatoes? Matos, I think. Matos. Yeah, all right. Anyway, so next week, Chucky e. G will be back. We're going to be talking to my good friend, um, Michelle Rand, Micah, Silver Moon Medicine, or whatever else you'd like to call her. It'll be a great conversation. Bob will apparently be in the chat room naked because he thinks that's what paganism is all about. <laughs> what makes you think I'm not nice. naked now? <laughs> because I can see your t-shirt, thank God. That's right. Yeah, thank you. camera, dude. Yeah, thank God I didn't stand up. Well, at least uh, the news of the weird won't be about cow penises. <laughs> it was a bull, and it was a yes. Well, that was you have to admit that was a really good article. And any yeah. any writer worth their salt dreams of writing that article. It's like the Anthony Weiner story, how it was just so ripe for all of those puns. It's kind of the same oh. thing. Oh, absolutely. Well, like I said, I I'd read the story before, so it was fun watching your face as you started reading it, and you realized maybe you shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, that's what I get. That's totally what I get for not preparing before the show. All right, guys. So um, thanks to our guest, Rob Henry, and thank you to Bob. It's been a great show, and we're looking forward to having Chucky e. G join us back again next week with our guest, Silver Moon Medicine. Yes. I want to thank you all for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on the Hazy Radio Network. You guys have a great week. Good night. Yep. Good night. If you'd like to be again Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something 